Hello and welcome to another episode of Think Millennial. I'm doing, I'm getting better at that whole thing. Um, tonight we have an awesome episode of Day in the Life with Mike Garant. Um, so here we go. What's this behind us? What can you do on this machine? This machine is a CNC OxyFuel plasma cutting table. So it runs off of a computer-generated code similar to the mill you guys saw earlier. And an example of what this does is it's got two heads on. This one here is a plasma torch. So this one uses electricity. And this one uses a chemical reaction with uh, combustive fuel. Right. Right. Now, an example, like, you know, this, this, this machine will cut through six-inch thick metal. You can see it. Six inches? Say 
50% of our business is manufacturing of, you know, custom conveyor systems, custom machinery, from a small part to uh, to a large system like this. And this is this is 50% of the line we're doing. We've got another half we're working on now too. But um, the other 50% is service and installation. So, you know, I was uh, going over it recently, and, you know, uh, you guys talk about all this, you know, how, how pumped up Brantford is getting. Like, in the last, I'd say, four months, we've yeah. put in about $3 million of equipment in, in Brantford. And, mm -hmm. and it's not only a reinvestment for the community, but there's companies that are coming in and they're, they're growing and they're, they, want to, they want to be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess for our, from our side, we're there supporting them, right? right? It's not a question of a hard sell. It's more, you know, uh, you have some machinery, eventually yeah. it's going to break down. And you're just looking for some some mechanical support. That's mm -hmm. where we come in, right? Yeah. From a, from a maintenance side or from a design and build side, that's what uh, what we have to offer. So, Mike, you've shown us a lot of the different things that you can do around your shop. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how it kind of all ties together? Yeah, I guess the, the main thing, and, and we don't want to get lost in the individual components of what we do. The main thing that we do here is service industrial businesses. So, right. from manufacturing to commercial businesses, when they have machinery, it goes down where they're servicing. When they're upgrading their plants, yeah. we're there to install it, yeah. as well as to design or manufacture some smaller components. Mm -hmm. So, m majority of our business is, is millwriting based, and we're the yeah. most advanced millwriting shop in Brantford. And, uh, you know, the extra capabilities allow us to do it right now. We're not relying on uh, farming parts out. We're not relying on you know another machine shop to make this stuff up. We're able to do it in house and mm -hmm. control it. And by the time when we get it to the customer, we know what it has to do and it's it's performing its function. Right. Um, is is the main thing, and that's that's our advantage here. Yeah, very impressive. Well, Mike, thank you very much for showing us around the shop. Thank you for making these. Oh no, these, are, like these are awesome. Are from from right there to here, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. Well, Appreciate you your time. And we'll go back to the studio. Mike, thank you so much for having us into your shop. That was, it was really cool to see everything. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, we had an opportunity <laughs> to clean some stuff up yeah. and uh, make it look like we do something there. Yeah. Did you use them as free labor? No, no, we didn't get that far into yeah. it. Maybe if there's a little bit more time, broke out the broom and that kind of thing. Uh, you had mentioned that there was a couple things that you just wanted to touch on kind of in addition to the video. Yeah, no, in that, in that video we talk about all the, the machinery we have to kind of accent the work we do. But it, I guess it really kind of goes, it shouldn't go without saying there's a skill set of the people that work in that field it's like you know we were joking when that was playing that mm -hmm. uh, I'm there doing everything and, and the reality is is there's a lot of skilled people that work for for me and that in in roles that have been there for a while and uh, that's really I guess the final piece of the puzzle is finding those guys and it, and it really brings forward um, kind of the the quality that customers are looking for mm -hmm. <coughs> And it's important to have have a solid team um, like that that you can count on to do to do the projects both in house and also yeah out on, in on the road yeah because yeah. because like our wide, uh, we got a wide variety of work right from one day we're working on a machine that forms metal containers the next day it's a machine that recycles rubber the next day it's uh, you know paper machines yeah. whatever so it's not uh, it is definitely a wide variety so that kind of okay, you have sorry to, I'm gonna have to yep. stop you there Mike um, don't go anywhere we'll be right back. program is brought to you by Rogers Anyplace TV. Enjoy exclusive content for free. Visit RogersAnyplaceTV.com.
Tuesday at 7. Chef D takes you from the farm to the table with delicious meals made from locally sourced ingredients. At Home with Chef D, Tuesdays at 7 on Rogers TV. So it all comes down to this for Demetrius Johnson. This is an opportunity to see the most title defenses ever. And for the lightweight title, Tony Ferguson. Oh, he's on a nine-fight win streak. There's the cap, the Motown Kevin Lee. And I hope they've got the cage reinforced to destroy. Fabrizio Verdun. Derek Lewis. He's out, he's out. Oh, he's hurt. Huge knockdown. Ah! Wild, spectacular fights. It should be a barn burner. And he can lift anything, anything at all. He's that strong. Joe Schuster, will you stop it or you'll miss your train? Now help me find number five. Strong, but by day he's a mild-mannered reporter. Glasses, you know, a secret identity. Honestly, you Canadian kids. He'd be in this cape. A what? A cape. Wearing these blue tights. A hero in tights, really. Here it is. Listen, Lois, this guy is faster than anything, I swear. If you're not fast, you're going to miss your train. That's it. A bullet, a bullet. He's faster? No, he's faster than a speeding bullet. Come on, get on it. No one's going to read a comic strip about a strong man in tights, Joe. It'll never fly. Why? No. But he can leap over tall buildings. Oh, wow, man. See what your cousin Frank says in Toronto. Wait, wait, Lois. I I've got something for you. Take it. It's a gift. You never know. It might be worth something someday. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> you're going to do that every single time, uh, and I love you for it. <laughs> uh, today, we have Mark Schubert in studio with us from Riser. Welcome, Mark. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, so what is it that you do? Um, essentially, solve people's IT problems. Right. Um, help people realize the promise of technology, um, which in this day and age is uh, is very exciting to say the least. Um, there's constant innovations, um, new ways of thinking, new ways of doing business, and uh, and I try to try to stay at the front of that and, and, and bring those solutions to customers and implement them and support them and uh, um, and yeah, help help customers realize the potential of their business through technology. You know, for me, even as a millennial, I struggle with technology sometimes. On a computer, I can use Word documents can't do Excel very well, I can use the internet here and there. Um, do you simplify things for people? Do you bring that technology and simplify it for them? Well, certainly we provide the tools, we can provide certain training, um, but I really try to be sort of a one-stop for my customers, uh, sort of that interface between them and technology and, and the solutions they need to, to accomplish their business tasks. So if it did come down to a customer wanting to know more about a product or a uh, or service or to get trained, I would either look into being able to provide training for them or uh, setting them up with you know, a company that can provide training okay. when it comes to that. But it's funny you mention that because you don't, it, we all kind of take for granted the idea of, um, you know, I hear people say all the time, oh, I know hardly anything about technology and that. And it just, uh, it, it makes me pause for a moment because even your phone and accessing apps on your phone and social media and setting up Skype video conferencing and that, you're miles ahead of people even you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. You're carrying around in your pockets computers that are 
many, many times faster than supercomputers of the 90s. Like, we are so advanced now, and we don't we don't even realize it. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible time to to be a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing uh, I think a lot of people they hear it all the time and they see it all the time, but they don't know exactly what it actually is, is the cloud. What is the cloud? What is the cloud? Right. What yes. does it do? The, uh, the infamous question. <laughs> um, yeah, well, essentially the cloud refers to, uh, to any information technology service that's located outside of your building or located outside of your home. You know, think of it like the power company. You pay a monthly fee, and they deliver electricity to your door. Yeah. That's the cloud. Only instead of delivering electricity, it's delivering email services, um, backup and disaster recovery, productivity solutions such as Office 365 and being able to access Word and Excel, like you mentioned, through your web browser. Um, even Facebook you can think of as a cloud service. It's delivering social media hmm. to your phone, to your laptop, you know, even to your TV. And you know, you don't have to have computers in your basement running Facebook on them, you know, serving that up, it's served from the cloud mm -hmm. somewhere else. And so, that's kind of... So with the cloud, I don't need to have any space on my phone to save documents or save things. It's in a server some other part of the world. Exactly. Yep. And that's, uh, that's, that's where innovations like uh, the Google Chrome OS, uh, which essentially you can buy laptops now for under $100 that have no local storage. You just sign into your Google account, and everything's stored, you know, with them in the cloud. You you don't need the local storage anymore. And I know you stay up to. Your, I get I get the emails from you um, about the latest kind of trends, innovations. What are some of the latest innovations that you're seeing in the technology world? Well, uh, <laughs> that's kind of a um, that's a large question because it. Uh, <laughs> There's just so much going on. Yeah, no, I could spend. Yeah, really though. Um, I, I break it down into two categories. You have short term, which is what we're seeing now. Uh, what's what's already starting to roll out in certain companies and what companies are quickly adopting. And then you've got long term, what we're going to see a lot more in the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. I love talking about the long term because yeah. it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, developments such as artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. The idea has been around for years. We've been talking about it for years, but now we're really starting to evolve with it. Uh, Google's DeepMind project is one of the most comprehensive AIs available now. Terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's actually it it's evolved from having to have programmers um, you know walk it through, hold its hand, to now being able to just submit data and it can determine its own scenarios and and results and even answer questions that we may not have even thought to ask. Like that's it's it's amazing, and that's available now, but yeah. just not at the not at definitely not at the small medium business level right. but I'm thinking in the next three to five years you know we're already seeing Cortana on Windows 10 desktops mm -hmm. Siri on our phones yeah. I'm seeing those become a lot more um, intuitive to the point that you know being able to see how do we respond to emails what, what sort of language do we use how do we talk to our peers and actually being able to take some of that labor and uh, and more menial work and and in some cases offload that and take mm -hmm. care of that on its own right. so being able to free ourselves up for um, to focus and work on more um, comprehensive and challenging tasks yeah. and and 
Until it gets smarter than us. Yeah, I've seen the movies. Will Smith proved that they are deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Smith, uh, iRobot, definitely. Um, Yeah, I know, and it's funny you mention that because that was one of the big uh, um, game changers for this DeepMind project is it it actually beat a human at the game of Go. And I don't know if... uh, if you know about that game, but there's there's millions of different moves in it and billions of different scenarios mm-hmm. from that game, and one of our one of our uh, niche uh, like niches is just being able to uh, process different scenarios very quickly. That mm-hmm. kind of gives us an edge over over machines. Yeah. Being able to see the big picture and being able to evaluate different scenarios very quickly, and now that's quickly <laughs> that's becoming overshadowed yeah. by some of these very complex machines and I find it exciting um, there's definitely the flip side of the coin where it's <laughs> concerning yeah. um, but I, I think that's kind of that's a big focus of IT is at the end of the day making sure that this serves a purpose yeah. and for me I can see that there are there are definite purposes that can be fulfilled right. uh, with this technology so that's really exciting you've yeah. also got uh, um, virtual reality and augmented reality. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be starting to see a lot of that in the next yeah. few years. We're already uh, having phones coming out with multiple cameras. Right. Lenovo, uh, Lenovo has uh, their phone that came out, I think, last year. Um, Sorry, the Fab have to too. stop you right yeah. there. Um, we're going to be going to, to break, and then after that we're going to have Think Beer, Tiffany, and she's going to be doing a uh, brewery tour for us, which is awesome. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Wednesday. I want you to have high nutrient, high protein food. Food personality Teresa Albert serves up a garden fresh, healthy breakfast. That's really good. Breakfast at Rosehurst on Rogers TV. Join me on Wednesdays for Lions TV Bingo at 8 p.m. Lots of fun, trivia, and much, much more on Rogers TV. During a routine exam, our daughter's pediatrician detected a heart murmur. We thought an EKG would confirm that we had nothing to worry about, but we were shocked by a diagnosis of pulmonary hypertension. with colors and playtime, not medicine time. Pulmonary hypertension is a rare, life-threatening lung disease. There is no cure, but treatments are available. Talk to your doctor about pH if you are experiencing these unexplained symptoms. It could save your life. Your visit isn't really necessary. I'll judge for myself. I know you're an MP, Miss McPhail, but a woman has never... I am not leaving till I do. civilized. If those appalling conditions don't change, that prison will explode! Perhaps our lone lady member is too fragile to know what is normal in a prison. Is this normal? Her courage would lead to the overhaul of the entire Canadian penal system. Agnes McPhail, Canada's first woman MP.
Welcome to Think Beer. I'm a craft beer enthusiast, a beer blogger, a opportunist, and today I'm going to be your brewery guide. We all know there's four ingredients that make beer, but a lot of people don't know exactly how that comes together to turn into the heaven in your glass. So let's go have a look at Belsey's brew house, and I'll kind of walk you through the equipment back there, and we'll have some fun. So welcome to the brew house. There are different styles you can do, but today we're in a 10 hectoliter uh, mash tun, and they have 20 hectoliter fermenters. So we're going to talk a little bit about how Bell City makes their beer and in the sizes that they do. So there's four ingredients to beer. There's malt, there's hops, there's water, and there's yeast. All of them play an important role when making beer. And each of them can make their own attributes as far as color, flavor, and alcohol. Kind of combined together anyways. Those are my short notes. This is the mash tun. This is where the malt goes. So they put the malt, whatever recipe they're making beer, so there might be some lighter malt or some darker malt, depending on the style of beer they're making, and they add hot water to here. So what the hot water does is it extracts the sugar from the grain, okay? And that's what important part is to get that sweetness out because that's going to turn into the wort. So as they start washing the grains away, there's a false bottom in here. Once that happens at a nice hot temperature, they're going to take it out of the mash tun and it's going to transfer over to the kettle to the other side of me. So this is called the wort at this point in time. It's almost, if you taste it, it's a very dark liquid and very sugar, sugar substance to it. It's all that sweetness that's going to turn into alcohol later down the road. So as that transfers over to the kettle on this side, it's actually pretty cool. So they're going to do, make sure nobody's in here. So as the wort exits the mash tun, it goes over into the kettle here. Once the kettle's filled up, it goes to a certain temperature and comes to a, a rolling boil. And then the timing on that kind of depends on the style of beer they're making or what the bitterness they want to be. So this is where the hops gets added. Again, I mentioned before my love for hops. If it gets added near the start of the boil, it's more for bittering in this um, process of the beer. And aroma comes later on. So a lot of the hops that are being added here are for bitterness in your beer. The pellets are added in. It goes to a rolling boil for however long you want. 60 minutes is kind of general consensus, again, depending on the style of beer. And the hops tend to dissolve in the boil. You might add a few things into here um, if you're adding another ingredient, like maybe you're putting cinnamon in, or sometimes we add a little bit of vanilla. There is an option to add other ingredients into the kettle. But generally, you're just mixing the wort, you're boiling it up, and you're adding the hops. This was a super important step um, back in the day especially, but throughout for sanitation, because you're actually killing anything or any bacteria that might be in there. So back in the day in history, people used to drink beer because it was actually safer than water because it had this whole boiling point to it. So beer kind of saved the world and the fact that it was safer to drink than water at a certain point in time. We can take that. <laughs> so as we go down a little bit lower, I like this guy, it kind of is a reference to my Star Wars um, walkers in there. So we go over to the heat exchanger. These come in all sizes, and it's kind of one of the most underrated and overlooked pieces of machinery in, uh, in the brew house. I've seen them like giant size, but this one's exactly perfect for what they need here at Bell City. So as the water comes out of the kettle, it goes through the heat exchanger and into the fermenter. But what's really cool here, as it's going in hot, it's actually coming out cool on the other side. It's important to have the wort cooled before going into the fermenter for when we add the yeast, because we don't want to kill the yeast right off the bat. 
So they put cold water going through the one side that actually comes out steaming hot on the other side and goes down the drain. And then the, the hot wort is going through and coming out cooler on the other side and going into our fermenter. So Bell City has 2,000 liter fermenters. They've actually got three of them in the house right now. It would take you two batches of beer from the kettle to fill one of these fermenters. So that makes a really long brew day if they're doing a double batch, because it's getting them also the biggest usage of their fermenters and of their brew house for making beer. When the beer goes into here, this is when you're adding the yeast. And the yeast is kind of one of the most important parts, because that's what creates alcohol. It eats up the CO2 and produces alcohol, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Or eats up the sugars, rather, producing CO2 and alcohol. Yeast also provides a lot of flavor characteristics to beer. So this was something that I found super cool when I was first learning about beers. I thought all the flavor came from hops. And then I started to learn more about malt, right? So malt plays a huge role in beer. And it's kind of cool to go back and forth, uh, especially with the seasons. I'm getting into my maltier beers again. But to learn what the flavor profiles are for malt is pretty amazing. And it's actually one of the solid backbones of what a beer is. Yeast can do the same thing. So when you're getting more Belgian flavors or Belgian style beers with the banana, the clove, bubble gum, all that kind of flavor is actually coming from the yeast in that certain strand. It's really cool to see uh, some breweries have a yeast lab and actually have people working in there. You can reuse your yeast if you want. Uh, your home brewers will know that as well. But different strands can bring you a lot of different profiles. Uh, they work well in certain temperatures, and again, this has to be cool before it's being put into the fermenter because you don't want to kill the yeast with the high temperatures. So as it goes into there, they pitch the yeast and they let it sit. Depending on whether you're making a lager or an ale is the timing that it's going to be in the fermenters for. So anywhere, usually around two weeks uh, is common for here when producing the ales. And what happens then is they have, they use this as their bright tank too, so there's actually a carbonation stone in here. So when you see the little gadget behind me, it's actually going to release when they're starting to carbonate the beer, okay? So they're doing everything in one tank, which is kind of helpful for space rather than making more vessels for, you know, whatever space you're making more beer. So when it comes down to it, we want these guys to produce as much beer as they can. So once the beer is ready, which again, the beer tells you it's ready, not the people, as they taste out of these little taps, then we go into packaging. So often when we talk about this whole brew process and everything it takes to make beer, we forget about one of the most important parts, and that's actually getting the beer into a package that we can enjoy. So from the fermenters, we put beer into either kegs to go out to commercial accounts or to be served in the brew house, or it goes into the bottles. So it's kind of interesting here because they actually hand bottle everything two at a time. <laughs> so they're putting extra love into their beer. And someone stands here, and then they label it and cap it. So it's all hand labeled here at Bell City. It's all hand bottled two at a time. So next time you have a beer from your local brewery, be sure to think about how much love went into it and how much time and effort it actually made to go from the grain to the glass of your beer. I'm Tiffany. Thanks for watching Think Beer, and we'll see you next time.
Add 7. Chef D takes you from the farm to the table with delicious meals made from locally sourced ingredients. At Home with Chef D, Tuesdays at 7 on Rogers TV. This fall, Canada's most eligible bachelor is searching for true love. Chris is very handsome. I'm confident that I will get down on one knee and propose. Romance will blossom. I think 100% I'm falling in love with Chris. It's scary, but it's also exciting. Tension will rise. Oh my God, wow. I'm going to go. Like, didn't she just have her tongue? In the most thrilling season yet. I really want to let her inside my heart. The Bachelor Canada premieres Wednesday, October 11th at 9, only on W. It's never been done before. Mr. Blake. You can't see down with that thing. Mr. Blake. Jacques. What? They're coming. Hold them up. Find something. Jacques, I'm telling you for the last oh, time. Are the Canadians finished? This plan coming back on the hey, ice. Come on, come on. Give us something, will you? Please, How yeah. many stitches? Gentlemen, please. Go, go, hey, go. On November 1st, 1959, Jacques Plante of the Montreal Canadiens broke with tradition. You're a brave man, Mr. Plant, standing up to him like that. And changed the face of hockey forever. and China always up at top, so. You know what I mean? Um, sweet, and six-time Canadian champion. Six-time? Is that the record? That's the record right now. Okay. Is there any openings on the team? There is. Do you think I will qualify by the end of this to be on the team? I think we can make it happen. Sweet. Cool. What do you think my odds are of actually completing a backflip? 42%. We might get one around. On, like, the ground? In, like assisted. Yeah. Forty. So my chances are forty-two percent assisted. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. Can you do a backflip right now? I can. Okay. Cool. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't got that. That's horrible. Not yet. Let's get her. Get to it though. Okay. Cool. So what do you want to do? I'm gonna go. You're gonna jump backwards. You're gonna go over top of my shoulder, and I'm gonna just put you in the pit here, nice and soft. Like right now? Right now. <laughs> okay. So what do I do? You're going to turn around. You're going to face that way. I'm going to put my hands on your hips here. Yep. Arms up. This way? Yep. They're going to swing down, and then you're just going to like pretend to jump up onto my shoulder, bring your knees up, and then I'm going to finish the flip for you. Okay. So I go down. Yeah. I go up, bring my knees up. Yeah. Jump, bring your knees up. And I'm just jumping up. 
I'm kind of up and back on my shoulder. Come under my shoulder, man. <laughs> okay, we're just going to this. Here we go. Backflip. Ready? <laughs> you know, this is actually really oh, comfy back here. <laughs> roll, roll and see. I did it. I think that went pretty well. You really go down. Like when you're doing, you fall in this. Think, cool. And now, so uh, progressing. If you want to make team, you got no time to play uh, that. So instead of me doing all the work this time, I'm gonna teach you a little bit. You just stand in the box. We're going backwards. Instead of me going over your shoulder, you're just kind of gonna go over my hand. I'm gonna give you the flip. Same thing. Arms up. Jump back. Does the fact that you look just like Jason Statham have anything to do with your skills? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. So. I'm going to put my hand on your low back here, Ben. Okay. Okay. Arms up. Just swing down. Okay. And then you'll jump back again, and then we're doing a backflip. So I'm pretty much doing what we just did before. Just did a little bit more fall. Not as secure, so a little bit of an upgrade. <laughs> okay. All right. At any time? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> this one's for you, Mom. We might make a provincial team with that so far. <laughs> cool. Who needs a box? Your breather, you're good. I'm good. Alright. Same thing. No box. Pull your feet up a little bit faster. You need a little because you got a little less room, so. So feet up faster. Knees up. Knees up. Same thing? Same thing, but better. At, okay, <laughs> at any time? Yep. <laughs> this one's for you, Dad. <laughs> How deep does this go? I, uh, probably if you went like all the way to the bottom, past the mats that are on the bottom, you're probably like eight, nine feet. Cool. So how many, how many different programs does Dynamo have? You got your parent and tot, like two-year-old parents come in, all the way up to, we got some world-level women's athletes, world-level tumblers, past Olympians in this gym, so it's got a full range. Right on. So any, any level of skill can join? Any level of skill. Right on. And they can train in the facilities that Team Canada's in. Exactly. So now what? Uh, it's up to you. Do we want to do one more? Try here. I'll, I'll, I'll take one hand away. Sure. Okay. Can you take it backwards a little bit more this time? Okay. Go back more. Yeah. Not that <laughs> I don't want you to hit your face off the edge here, but. Don't want to hit my face with my moneymaker. Moneymaker right there. Want to keep the mole going. That's right. You ready? Yeah. We got the height. There is, there is no way that I would be doing this unspotted. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm just jumping and hoping. That's pretty much what you are doing. <laughs> John is going to demonstrate what power tumbling looks like and, and the Canadian champion doing it.
right, so as always, I love feedback. I love hearing how amazing I am at things and how unsuccessful I tend to be. So, on my thumbs up to thumbs down scale, in terms of, we'll just say backflip skills, because I don't think I have skills in any of the other stuff you saw here today, where do I sit? I'm gonna rate you at, if there's thumbs up, and there's in the middle, slightly up. Oh, sweet. So slightly past 50%. Okay, so if we use that rating to get on the team, what would it have, what would it have, what would it have to get to? Uh, we'd have to get, you know, almost vertical. Okay, <laughs> so not, not quite that. Not long. quite. Yeah, a couple finger lengths away. Awesome. Well, thank you, John. Anytime. And, and everybody at Dynamo Gym um, for letting me make a fool of myself today for number one. So if anybody has any questions about Dynamo Gym and the programs that they offer, you can go to their website, dynamogymnastics.ca, and you yep. can see all the programs they offer. And if you want to get in contact with anybody and coming out here, um, thanks again. Anytime. Canadian champ. I'll see you at work in the morning. Right and early. <laughs>
uh, with depth perception, and that's giving you know every, anyone from an interior designers to uh, um, even uh, machine um, machine builders the ability to place uh, models of objects into 3D space mm -hmm. and see uh, a true scale of how that's going to look in that in that area and and see how it's going to interact. And uh, you're also seeing this with very high-end retail shops. You can go on their uh, go on their sites or download their apps and actually uh, see what their products are going to look like in your home. Mm -hmm. And I, I think wow. that's just going to be uh, that's going to be a game changer, along with the virtual reality Oculus Rift. Uh, the, the Samsung Galaxy phones are are now having all that uh, virtual technology built into them, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's going to be. Um, a really makes some have a huge impact in business um, because you know you're seeing more um, more work, more responsibilities being placed onto the individual employees. You're starting to see more and more offices with dual monitors, even some uh, users having up to three monitors on their desk, and it's getting to a limitation of you know desk space. In that, imagine being able to just take your laptop to a coffee shop, put on a headset, and have just be immersed in your in your digital work being able to see you know multiple compare multiple yeah. documents at the same time and uh, be able to have a Skype session up in your one you know peripheral view with uh, <laughs> your supervisor and be able to have yeah that's, all from your yeah goggles completely eliminating the, the need for even monitors anymore right mind-blowing right yeah um, and then another yeah. <laughs> sell my stock now. Yeah. Well, uh, even from our side, like it would, I see the future being you could go into a 3D model and actually manipulate it and design it from there. But yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, it's it's exponentially more. expensive. But like Mark's <laughs> saying about scanning stuff, like we'll build some complicated fixtures and even guards around machines where it's not as simple as a square box. If you could, like, there are scanners out there that are like forty thousand dollars a U.S. That you can scan it, upload it into a program, and then build your whole fixture around it. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's different scales, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's just bridging the gap between uh, creating a more natural and, and fluid experience for working with data and working with your job, um, what your task, whatever that is. Um, and then we're seeing a, a lot of movement, uh, a lot of disruption in business and I mean disruption in a good sense it's creating a positive impact with uh, 3d printing right the, the ability to do um, on-the-fly modeling and mm -hmm. I think Mike you've had quite a bit of experience with that. yeah yeah you helped us set up uh, one of the 3d printers we have at the shop and it's been good for uh, you know prototyping it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to see something that you've built um, you know another example that we use it for was there, there's a what's called a sacrificial gear so inside a printing press there's plastic gears that are meant to uh, shear or kind of destroy itself if the machine gets overloaded so you're not destroying you know hundred thousand dollars worth of a gearbox yeah. right so uh, this printing press had an issue and it, it destroyed its sacrificial gear rather than getting one imported from Germany we printed one out and uh, and put it on them right yes. but uh, an example of that's useful right now it's not at a you know you, you're trying to find ways to, to ways and you can apply it like you could make casting molds like you could say you want to you 3d print that cup put it into a casting mold have a sand casting then pour molten aluminum in it but still you know you, it's not going to be that accurate because there's shrinkages and yeah. in molding aluminum but uh, it, it's definitely the future I see it more so 
in 15, 20 years when uh, when that when 3D printing becomes more affordable for company like our size for metal, yeah. that's going to change the game because like that machine you saw in that preview, uh, that's CNC, so you're removing material. Yeah. You have, it's expensive to get cutters, it's expensive to set up, where a fixture to set up that is pretty much load the model in, tell how much you want to print, and it prints it. You're not yeah. saying, i got to hold it this way, i got to hold it this way. To make that mug, you might need a five-axis milling machine, but to print it, it's just layer by layer, yeah. right? But that's pretty, uh, pretty uh, awesome. It's a, it's a slippery slope, though. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just keep adding zeros on the end of every yeah. machine, yeah. <laughs> uh, however many axes you want it to rotate. But it's, you know, it's definitely putting more power in the hands of, I guess, smaller level consumers and innovators too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you see more of these maker spaces open up where they have more. 3D printers, and mm -hmm. I think the library in Brantford has 3D printers. Yeah, and I think people just need to go and spend some time and see what's available. It. Yeah, play with it a bit and check it out. And I mean, for you, like you said, like how many like shipping a little part from Germany? How long yeah. did that take? Oh, it was it was going to take like a couple weeks, right? Yeah. So for this, because they had to make it too. So for this, um, it was it was up and running like that the next day, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, definitely, like I said, it has its limitations, but what it the future of it, and before we get into how much time, it's it's the ability. This is the, the miracle about 3D printing. There's a whole, like Mark, Mark's talking about the cloud, there's a whole cloud online where you can say, I want a clip, you know, everyone loses a remote clip to the back of the remote. Mm -hmm. You can go online, find that model, and print it out. You know, someone's already designed <laughs> that and printed it. Yeah. But what's going to happen in, in the next couple of years, uh, 3D models are going to be just as valuable as the actual item mm -hmm. because let's say you know in 15 years when they're able to print ceramics you say I want I want a coffee cup or yeah. hey hun we're having some people over we need some plates you can do that now the <laughs> now the technology and the, uh, the the process of doing it aren't really there the but, speed, yeah. well it's it's the material limitations but it you can go online and you can print like download free models and print it off, yeah. and and it's pretty amazing when you think about that, uh, uh, and that's I think what's going to change change the world, and it's going to be a whole other thing like iTunes and um, what's it called uh, Napster, because yeah. right now it's all free and it's all it's like the wild wild west, yeah. and it's a whole makerspace and everything's out there, <laughs> but it's going to be a crackdown I think when mm -hmm. people recognize that. Get a you little bit more regulated, like yeah. Spotify and. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Especially once that printer comes down in cost, right? And it's yeah. something that almost anybody can afford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then. Yeah, it'll be like the Jetson, right? Yeah. There's all sorts of sizes of them, is there not? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, the sizes are, uh, you know, you can you can really build one yourself, right? There's kits online. You can be build CNC machines yourself. It's kind of like made a lot of that stuff affordable with Arduinos and uh, little servos, but. Um, you know, definitely a lot of opportunity out there for that stuff. It's cool. just kind of digging more time into it. And okay, and I'm going to have to interrupt you right there, Mike, and we'll be right back after the break. Seven. Chef D takes you from the farm to the table with delicious meals made from locally sourced ingredients. At home with Chef D Tuesdays at seven on Rogers TV. 
That was good. Let's go around again. That's fun. Behold Emily Carr, painter, about to encounter the force that will consume her life. How tightly they sealed their secrets from me, humble and pleading before the great trees, awaiting the invitation from the spirit to come meet me halfway. Nothing is still now, everything is alive. At last, I knew I must see through the eye of the totem itself. The mythic eye of the forest. Seldom able to live by her brush, before she died in 1945, Emily Carr was in the first rank of Canadian painters. This is my country. What I want to express is here and I love it. Amen. Welcome back. back. I'm oh, glad we both do that every single time. You know, it's real, it's great. Um, Mark, if you had one piece of advice for the viewers, what would, what would it be for like IT dealing with the internet, dealing with social media, dealing with their computers? One piece of advice. Well, Ben and Matt, <laughs> I, uh, I'd have to say the security is paramount. Like yeah. that, that really needs to be on the forefront of everybody's mind when it comes to utilizing cloud services and you know the the increasing trust and amount of data that we're putting online and, and, and the amount that we're utilizing our computers and IT assets. You need to be careful. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be secure. And I could go on about password policies and all that sort of thing, but I really just recommend. You know, if, if you're an individual, reach out to someone who, who's who's in the field, who's in the know, who, who can maybe give you some advice. If right. you're a business, reach out to an IT firm. A lot of them uh, will perform a full um, survey of your uh, of your network, yeah. of your of your business process, of your IT assets, yeah. and they can provide recommendations on how to secure your systems and make sure that you're protected not just from uh, security breach, but also in terms of backup and disaster yeah. recovery. Now that's something that Riser does offer so yourself, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think Mark's trying to drag this on because this is going to turn into a disaster <laughs> right here. <laughs> that's a beautiful segue. Mark. Yeah, that's right. And, and with that, um, <laughs> we came in proud people, and we're going to leave ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we're at the point in the show <laughs> where we play a game. So today's game is you get this piece of plastic in your mouth. I see this. Yeah. So each of you have one of those, and each of you have cards in your hand that have uh, uh, words on them, sayings on them. So I was going to go. You're going to put the piece of plastic in your mouth. Should we show the camera before we talk to you so they know what we're saying, or no? We'll try. Okay. We'll see if it. We'll see if it works. Okay. But okay. <laughs> so you're on my team. I'm I on take your it? team, and Matt's paired with Mark. Got you. So okay. you guys can go first. Good luck, Mark. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, you're going, buddy. Uh, <laughs> working on Osh Lard at 
working on washboard abs. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. Doomed family vacation. <laughs> Doomed family vacation? Sweet. Boo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Villains. Yeah. Make bad friends. Villains make bad friends. You got it. My friends are famous. <laughs> My friends are famous. Yeah. <laughs> two for two. Why are you so angry? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna crush this in my own. Museum of prying hands. Museum of prying hands? No. <laughs> Museum of Trying. Trying hands. No. Trying. Can't you hear it? <laughs> Trying? No. Trying, frying hands. No. Crying hands. 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 No. Ants. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys don't get that one. Blue moons are wicked fun. That's blue moons are wicked fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was too easy. <laughs> feel free. Feel free. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't think you could laugh more of that. Yeah. Hugs in any fedoras. Hugs in something fedoras. In f many fedoras? Many? <laughs> huh. Hidden fedoras. Hugs. Hugs? No. Hugs. <laughs> no, I like it's not hostile to actually make that sound. <laughs> Pugs. Yes. Pugs. Yes. In. Uh huh. Tiny fedoras. No. Mini. Mini fedoras. That's yes, it. Please do us that. The farmer quickly picks specials. The farmer has six specials? The, the farmer quickly picks specials. <laughs> We're going to have to call it there. We tie three for three. The farmer picks many. Yeah, quickly. thank you very oh. much, Mark Schubert, for being such a good sport. Mike Don't Graham for being such a good sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're leaving, came as friends, leaving as enemies. Yeah. Um, Andrew Kennedy is going to be playing us off today. Thank you very much for watching the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it, guys. Yes, thank you. Until, until next time. <laughs>
Call the Rogers TV viewer response line, email us, or connect with us on social media. high-nutrient, high-protein foods. Food personality Teresa Albert serves up a garden-fresh, healthy breakfast. That's really good. Breakfast at Rosehurst on Rogers TV. Join me on Wednesdays for Lions TV Bingo at 8 p.m. Lots of fun, trivia, and much, much more on Rogers TV. and I've been a Rogers TV volunteer for nine years. I've learned a lot of things from Rogers, but one of the big things I've learned is to have confidence in what I'm doing here. I enjoy the experiences that I get to take part of. Camera work, being an audio operator, being graphics operator, directing, switching, and a lot more. Rogers TV, Brantford. <laughs> 